Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include trends in M&A, my interview with millennial home buyer Megan Sinclair on her lender choices behind her third time financing a residence, and don't fight the Fed. Today's podcast is brought to you by Encino, makers of the Encino Mortgage Suite for the modern mortgage lender. Encino Mortgage Suite's three core products, Encino Mortgage, Encino Incentive Compensation, and Encino Mortgage Analytics, unite the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process. See how Encino can support a homeownership journey that your borrowers and your team will love at Encino.com. A trend continuing to rifle through the ranks is mergers and or acquisitions as a handful of well-known residential lending companies crisscross the country in search of small institutions that fit their business models and are ready for a change. Sometimes discretion is the better part of valor in terms of staying in business. Unfortunately, yet another trend is a lack of profitability, especially among small and mid-sized lenders who have gone through their 2020 and 2021 savings and sold their servicing. Lastly, volume trends aren't good either. According to Kiranos, October 2023 funded mortgage volume decreased 19% year-over-year and 5% month-over-month. Kiranos sources a statistically significant data set directly from lenders to produce these benchmark figures. For links to those stories, as well as latest employment and transitions, lender and broker software products and services, and TPO products for brokers and correspondents, visit robchrisman.com. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome back onto the show millennial homebuyer Megan Sinclair to talk about her lender choices behind her third time financing a residence. She just closed on a home in Austin, which she plans to rent out part of and fix up the other part. We are talking to you from your brand new house. Two houses by by your early 30s is an incredible accomplishment. Congratulations to you. Was this house that you just closed on in Austin meant to be a rental is meant to be a longer term residence for you. What can you explain the the situation for the listeners? Yeah, so it's an old home on a big lot with a back home that's newer. Um, and I was not anticipating buying a home in this area or of the style of this age, anything. But the opportunity came up and it was the right price point, and it was more about the land opportunity for me. Uh, but with a livable home that I can sit on for a little while uh, as I watch the neighborhood change and then likely sell off at some point, whether it's um, knocking the house down and building a nicer house or just selling with the uh, increase in property value over time. But it's livable and I'm going to stay in it and could easily rent it if I changed my course in the near future. The plan isn't to rent the back house immediately? Um, no, I well, there's someone else who's already living in the back house, yeah. So you're getting rental income from that? Yeah. You divulged to me that you use the same company to finance this new home as you did uh, a home you had bought previously that you still own. What was so good about the experience the first time that made you say, I'm going to go back. Is it a credit union? Are you a member? Do you have the same loan officer originator? What, what about it? 
No, none of those things you just listed. Uh, what matters most to me is the rate and knowing that they can get the do- job done on time. And they offered both of those in my past experience. Um, they had the best rate I could find and we were able to close on time and there were no major hiccups along the way. So I felt good about going back to them. And they were actually the same company who also uh, proactively reached out to me to offer a refinance however many years ago that was um, when the rates were at the rock bottom low. And so they presented the case to me that I could save money by doing refinance. And um, so I like their business strategy and they're, they seem to be looking out to help you get the best deal. And so I brought this uh, option to them and I also needed a quick uh, approval because the realtor told us there was multiple offers and I had not uh, reached out to any banks at all. I didn't have any letters of approval or anything. Um, I just guessed that I think I could get approved or I thought I could get approved for this house. So I reached out to them and asked like, how quickly can you run my numbers and turn around a letter of approval? And they did it same day. And so that was, uh, they earned some brownie points in my book because fast customer service and willing to work with me to help me get the deal. And so once then I secured the deal, deal, I shopped around the rate, but they were able to maintain the best rate. And um, he did say that because I was a returning customer, they dropped the rate down even more than some of their other offers out uh, to other people. So all about the rate for me and getting the job done it was it was a local lender or it's a bigger texas bigger bigger online guy national uh, lender national lender but and i checked all around i checked local checked a family friend um and actually one of the family friends she was honest with me which i also appreciated that she said she would run my numbers and give me her best offer but she would tell me if she thought i should go with a different offer and i showed her all the details uh, and in the end, she told me to leave her and run with the other guys. So over time, it's going to save me the most money. That's pretty cool. I, I've heard in talking with a lot of people in the industry, it's normally the the smaller local lenders that are quick on getting people approvals and, and getting back to them and that sort of thing. But it's nice you found a national internet lender that was able to do that for you. You're actually one of the few... I don't want to say minority because a lot of people do really care about rate, but Pete, like I was willing to give up an eighth or a quarter in rate for better service for, you know, enjoying my relationship with a company. Uh, you, I guess you're more shrewd business woman, businessman, business person than I am. Uh, did, how'd you choose what product to go with in terms of like 15 year, 30 year arm rate, all that? I knew I couldn't afford a 15 year just based on the monthly payment. And so 30 year was the best option for me based on the price point of the house. And long uh, for now, we're going to keep the house at least uh, a few years. So I think the 30 year plan seemed right, but they recommended 30 year didn't really give a ton of options, honestly. Uh, But I know that's the standard and seemed right. And then they didn't offer you arm rates, like a 5-1 arm or a 7-1 arm. It's still a 30-year amortization term, but the rate resets after five years or seven years. So I would have thought in a high rate, and sorry, I should say, those arm rates are normally lower than 30-year fixed rates. So you would think, hey, I'm not keeping this high rate for 30 years. 
maybe I should go with an arm. They didn't offer you an option like that. They didn't say that, that was, you should consider that Miss rate shopper. No, honestly, they didn't offer it, but we wow. uh, did have a lot of discussions about the opportunity to refinance and whether they would um, waive some of the costs of refinancing. And they did offer that. So once rates do go down, uh, similar to my previous loan, they would refinance it to the lower rate and <laughs> waive their origination fees. Yeah. So. Shout, shout out to them for doing what we call churn in the industry, which is essentially like a mortgage company will originate your loan. They'll sell the loan to an investor. Yeah, they've already they'll sold probably the sell the servicing to an investor. So it's like they made their money, they made their profit on it, but they have in their computer system, hey, the second rates drop, let's refinance her again. So whoever bought that loan gets paid off early and doesn't get the full value of their investment. The company that originated your loan that you worked with again now gets to make more money on you and resell the loan to again. So yeah, true. Big guys win. It's a dirty process, it sounds like, but <laughs> hey, for me, it's I, I don't I don't mind what they're doing because it's my money that I'm paying too much in interest anyways. You know, you say that, but I would think for a uh, for as big of a purchase as a house is, historically speaking, seven percent or so is not a bad interest rate to be lent, especially if you have multiple properties. You know, it's like seven percent is pretty good. Look at your credit card statement; it's probably thirty percent APR. Yeah, and that's why I don't rack up a credit card bill. No. <laughs> um, so the other, go I got a six point six rate. So feel like it was pretty good that is pretty good in modern times here it's at least a percentage below the the prevailing market rate currently uh the other question that i had asked going back was down payment and how big of a percentage down payment you put down and, and why you decided that and i guess if it was less than 20 percent, you know why would you why'd you why would you choose mortgage insurance but how much how big was the down payment yeah, I did the full 20%. And that was another part of uh, the decision making of buying the house was being able to afford the 20%. Uh, I've been saving up some cash lately and was debating what to do with it. Almost locked all my cash away uh, in um, some bank deposits. But luckily, I uh, didn't right as I found this house and was able to use some of that cash to buy it at a full 20% down and not have to worry about the whole PMI process. So now that you're a seasoned veteran of the mortgage process and you're my go-to millennial homeowner for advice, forget it. I'm not, I don't even go to people in the industry. I go to you. It goes both ways. What advice do you give people that reach out that are looking to become first-time homebuyers about the process or things to know when it comes to buying a house? What do you tell them? Um, well, make sure you're approved to start and you're shopping in your price point because don't fall in love with a house that you can't afford. And then once you are approved, but that doesn't mean you have to stick around with that uh, lender. You can shop it around, take your time. <laughs> and we had quite the arm wrestle between different lenders, all trying to one up each other, especially in this market where they're, they have less business coming at them than normal uh, as people are yeah. scared to buy right now, at least in Austin market, it seems people are scared to buy houses are sitting on the market. So you're at the advantage point and uh, shop it around, try get them to um, lower their rates, negotiate it down, depending on what's important to you. You can, uh, you have some negotiating power. Do you have thoughts on getting a real estate agent first versus getting a mortgage company first? Where, where would you go? 
Uh, I would get a real estate agent first because then they can help guide you of even if you have no idea how much house you can qualify for. That's true. Yeah. I guess if you have no idea how mortgages work and what you're capable of spending every month, then potentially talk to a lender first, get that first uh, evaluation of all your finances and your letter of approval, and then uh, hit up a realtor to see um, what realtor you want to work with. So this is this is now the third time I've had you on the podcast. This is your third mortgage experience. What do you feel like you know about the mortgage process now going through it for the third time that you wish you would have known before the first time? That you're going to sign a lot of papers at the very end. And it's a lot easier <laughs> if you do an electronic closing that you can just e-sign a lot of the papers. Um, but no, seriously, hmm, how many different lender options there are out there and that you don't need to be, well, I, I guess I did realize this as I got into it, but not from day one, that you don't need to be forced to go a certain way, like local or online or whoever um, once again, shop it around, see which person you feel good about the relationship with. You're going to be talking a lot with them. Um, hopefully they're a good communicator. They follow up with you to help you move things along, not risk delaying your closing. And you feel like they're on your team and looking out for you to get the best deal. Uh, and I think from day one, I didn't realize that there are so many lender options out there. Uh, and it's kind of hard to know who to talk to to start, but just just reach out to people. They're happy to talk to you and evaluate if you're the right business option for them. It was interesting. This You don't have to put this in, but it was really interesting. Of I don't know if this is professional or not, but we were sending, like I would get the, what is it called? The the paper that's like a summary of your what the loan is going to be. That Pre-approval, closing estimate, loan estimate. Uh, loan estimate, yeah. So the, I would get the loan estimate from one lender with the rate and the price point, everything, um, origination fees. And then I would send it to the other lenders and be like, this is what they've got. What are you going to offer me? And then they would come back and lower their rate or waive a fee or something. And it was just kind of an arm wrestle of passing back and forth. And that might be unprofessional, but at the end of the day, it saved me money. So they were willing oh, to. It's, it's not unprofessional. These companies should compete for your business. So. Yeah, that's what I thought so too. Like it's just a it's a matter of fact of business of who's going to give me what and you can be honest and transparent and show them each other what they're offering and we got the rate dropped down, I think. Uh, no, I mean you, it's not it's not unprofessional at all because for companies to waive fees or lower the rate, they need to see something from another company. You can't just be like, "Oh, yeah, they said they'd give me a 3.5% rate." Like you got to send the paperwork. So. Yeah. And then one of them he came back again and he dropped it by 0.01 or 0.001. <laughs> and he's like, I swear I didn't do it intentionally just to be the best by 0.001. That's just what the computer gave me. And I'm like, okay, bro, sure. And you still didn't go with him? Yes, because he was a very nice guy. He was actually in Dallas. So he was semi-Texas local lender but works for a bigger online company. I don't know if they like distribute you out to someone who's closest to where you're living. Um, but he was, so he's working on the same time zone. He was very communicative, communicative, texted us when like we needed to take care of something and yeah.
why do markets still seem to underestimate the Fed's resolve? U.S. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said yesterday in prepared remarks that the central bank will continue to move carefully, but won't hesitate to tighten policy further to finish off inflation. Fed Governor Bowman said that she would support another rate hike in the event of stalling progress on inflation, and Atlanta Fed President Bostic said that the road to 2% will still include some bumps along the way. His quote, not mine. Conversely, Richmond Fed President Barkin said that in aggregate, we're still not seeing the full effects of policy. Even with policymakers trying to cool expectations for rate cuts as the market underestimates their resolve on inflation, Fed funds futures are currently pricing in a less than 10% chance of a rate hike in December and a nearly 20% chance of a rate cut at the March meeting. And that is with bond markets seemingly in a sell-any-rally position. Before Fed Chair Powell expressed doubts that policy rates were sufficiently restrictive, Treasury yields spiked after an auction of $24 billion in 30-year bonds met much weaker demand than sales of 3-year and 10-year notes over the past two days. On the housing front, NAR reported that single-family existing home sales prices rose in 82% of measured metro areas, that's 182 of 221 areas across the nation, in the third quarter, up from 58% in the previous quarter. The national median single-family existing home price grew 2.2% from one year ago to $406,900, while the monthly mortgage payment on a typical existing single-family home with a 20% down payment was up 19.2% from a year ago to $2,192. 25 markets, or 11% of all markets, experienced double-digit annual price appreciation, up from 5% in the prior quarter. Today's economic calendar begins later this morning with preliminary November Michigan sentiment, where inflation expectations will be closely scrutinized. Two Fed speakers are currently scheduled, Dallas President Logan and Atlanta President Bostic. We begin Friday with agency MBS prices worth a few ticks or 30 seconds from Thursday's close, and the 10-year yielding 4.64 after closing yesterday at 4.63%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Celibacy can be a choice in life or a condition imposed by circumstances. While attending a marriage retreat, my wife and I listened to the instructor declare, it is essential that husbands and wives know the things that are important to each other. He then addressed the men. Can you name and describe your wife's favorite flower? I leaned over, touched my wife's hand gently, and whispered, Pillsbury unbleached all-purpose, isn't it? And thus began my life of celibacy. <laughs> Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Encino, makers of the Encino Mortgage Suite, with three products tailored to the needs of the modern mortgage lender Encino Mortgage, Encino Incentive Compensation, and Encino Mortgage Analytics unite the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.